On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about disciplining children. Yeah, it's a tough subject because it deals with a tough job. I think one of the hardest jobs anybody ever have is the job of being a parent if you're going to do it right. And a lot of people are not even trying to do it right. But if we're going to do our job right as parents, it's a tough job. But the Bible gives us a good bit of instruction about doing that, and we want to discuss it tonight. That's the thing. It's a tough job, but the Bible tells us what we need to know about that job. And so it's an important study tonight. Got a special guest, so you want to stay tuned. We're getting started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, uh, November 15th, 2018. Uh, Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Kyle's by the controls. Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here. And uh, we're glad that you're on the other end of the line tonight at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com and in the chat window. We uh, And we do want your feedback. This is, a, this is a topic that I think almost everybody has some thoughts about. Uh, even people who aren't parents and never have been parents have some thoughts about how children ought to be raised. Of course, we're not here just to talk about personal opinion, but we do especially want to look to what God's Word tells us about raising children. We've got a special guest with us tonight. Tip, uh, uh, Kent Bailey is joining us from Calhoun, Georgia. Kent, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you. It's real good to be with you fellas tonight. Uh, Kent usually joins us yeah, He's usually with email. us every week. Yeah. yeah, Kent, you've become our most faithful email, email responder. Uh, and and you actually, even, did not, even today, you sent in your email response to our questions. But tonight we're going to let you voice those uh, in person. So thanks for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, we sent out, uh, Jacob, earlier today to our update list uh, the questions that we wanted to discuss. We always remind you to get on our update list if you're not. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, put me on the list. To our update list earlier today, we asked six questions, and there's a lot to cover in these six questions. Number one, what are the reasons why child discipline is so important and necessary? Number two, what should we believe and practice in regards to spanking? Number three, what are some other methods besides spanking of effective discipline? Number four, whatever method of discipline is used, what are some do's and don'ts? And number five, what can we, or excuse me, how can we measure if our discipline is effective? And number six, how can we discipline older children? And that is to say, maybe young adults, older teens and twenties and young adults, mm. maybe even older than that. If our children are not behaving properly, how should we react? I think that's a really important question. We'll try to get to that at the end of our study yeah. tonight. Um, so let's just dive right in. Number one, why should we discipline? What What are the important reasons why we should discipline? Um, you want to start us out, Kent? What do you think? Well, you know, when we look at the Bible, when we look at the New Testament in particular, this is a Bible topic 
And God has given us instruction regarding the importance of disciplining children. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition. Did we lose him, Jay? Are you there, Kent? Well, oh, we have lost Kent, so we'll, we'll try and get him back. We'll, we'll, we'll dial him back. But he does uh, bring a good point up there about uh, the instruction in Ephesians chapter 6 or 4 that uh, explicitly says it's, it's your job. Exactly right. Uh, I got an email from Randy out in Colorado. Uh, uh, Randy asked along this lines. He said, uh, why is it that in regards to the qualification of elders, uh, he must be one who manages his own house well? That's First Timothy chapter 3, verse 4. One that ruleth his own house well, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Well, I think that goes right along with the idea that, that we're commanded to rear our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The nurture and admonition of the Lord will include, among other things, proper discipline when they are not being faithful. And so, uh, so are you saying it's a it is a requirement to be an elder for one reason, just uh, for one of the reasons being is just because it's a command, and if you're not following it, you wouldn't be exactly qualified. right. It's a it's a requirement of all parents, and if if a man has uh, has not done that in regards to his family responsibilities, then he's shown himself to not be qualified to serve as an elder. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Paul even says, if a man knows not how to rule his own house. How shall he take care of the church of God? And so in response to Randy's question, I would say uh, it, it, it simply means to be qualified as an elder, we're looking for a man who would be faithful in all of his spiritual duties, and one of his spiritual duties is bringing up his children. Perhaps there's more uh, to that answer, uh, but that would certainly be a simple uh, answer to the question. I think there are more reasons likely. It's hard to it's hard to put a reason behind God's commands and 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 for these qualifications. Yeah. But you can you can envision that maybe it, it disciplining a child would be similar to how you would need to deal with a, a Christian and encouraging them and developing them and yeah. being what but, they should but be. But bottom line, it's important to discipline children simply because we're told we must. That's a command of God. And yeah. we, we wouldn't need any reason beyond that. Yeah. If we get Kent back... Kent's back. Okay, sorry we lost you there for a minute, Kent. Um, oh. uh, I, I, I've got a couple of... Uh, or Actually, I've got a list of... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six statements from the Proverbs. I, I, just, I just want to read down through this real quickly. Uh, Solomon in the Proverbs gives a lots of gives lots of reasons why uh, we should discipline, uh, and I, all of these quotations are going to be from the Proverbs. So I'll just give you the chapter and the verse thirteen twenty four. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. So one of the reasons why I would do it is because I love him. And I, uh, if I didn't love him, I wouldn't discipline him. But I, I, I do it to, be, to demonstrate that I have real love and concern for this child, and I know he needs this. Uh, Nineteen eighteen, Discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be... Uh, for oh, excuse me, do not be willing party to his death. Uh, in other words... I discipline him to give him hope for life, not only this life, but the life which is to come. Uh, if I didn't discipline him, I'd be a willing party to his death, it says. 
22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not turn from it. In other words, I'm going to set him up for, a, for life, uh, to have a better life. If I, if I take the time to discipline him when he's young, I'm going to be uh, helping him through for a lifetime. Uh, 22.15, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. So um, I, I discipline him to drive the foolishness out of him. Children have, uh, children have a undisciplined and foolish character, and that needs to be taken out of them. I do it to save his soul, 23.13, beginning, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and save his soul from death. Uh, so I think that it probably could be a dual application of that. Maybe if I don't discipline him, he's going to meet an early death physically, but certainly he's likely to die eternally. If I don't bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, if I don't discipline him, he'll die the second death. And then finally, and I think this is kind of interesting. Kent, you might comment about this. You need to discipline your children for your own comfort. Proverbs twenty nine seventeen: discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. I imagine that you've had plenty of experiences as a preacher, Kent, of, of situations where parents did not do a good job. And so they lived for the rest of their life with the grief of dealing with children that had not been disciplined properly. More times than what I would like to think about, but that's true. And if people don't discipline their children, they will cause them a lot of heartache because of the sin they get into. And that leads individuals to all kinds of uh, bad situations. In fact, that's one reason why punitive discipline in the local church has to be administered. People, we have to withdraw from people uh, because as children, they haven't been disciplined properly. Yeah, in other words, so they're not disciplined as children. We often point out that disciplining children instills in them a respect for authority in general. Right. The first authority that children come to understand is parental authority. But they have to, that's something that has to be nurtured and cared for and brought along in a child. So they learn to respect parents. They learn to respect civil authority. They learn, most importantly of all, to respect God and his authority. But if, that's, if, if that fails early on, then, then they're just set up for a lifetime of grief. And, and as we're saying, Kent, not only their grief, but our grief as well. That's true. And, you know, if people don't respect civil law, they're certainly not going to respect divine law. And we're just seeing that all in all sorts of means today. Oh, I think you're right. I, uh, I mean, uh, evidence at every turn that people don't have any basic understanding of authority and respect for it in in any regard. I think you're right. Got a comment in the chat room. We'll try and work in here before the break. And, uh, Kent, to look forward to your comments on this. I don't know if you can see the chat room from where you are or not, but I'll read the question. You do not believe in original sin, guest 809 says. Correct. And that is correct. With the child first sins, is that the age of accountability? Would you, or I guess, would you discuss teaching a child not to disobey or sin, but yet saying that they do not sin before making a choice? How can a sinful adult teach a child without sin not to disobey? Okay. Uh, well, that that is a, that is a challenge because uh, we are imperfect, and so um, that's one reason. Well, those who teach original sin say that even when a, a an infant throws a temper right. tantrum, that it's that's the manifestation or evidence that they have. 
inherited sin or original right. sin, which I think is is not right. And the Bible certainly teaches that that's not true. But uh, I think uh, the age of we've actually dealt with that question on the virtual Bible study before. And I think if you do a re, uh, do a search on our on our uh, archives page, you probably find uh, uh, that topic: uh, age of accountability. Age of accountability is not just right from wrong because a three-year-old you can tell a three-year-old knows right from wrong you you tell him not to uh, to touch that pretty on the coffee table and you see him just tempting you as he reaches out to touch it and he knows you told him not to touch it and he's going to do it anyway then he understands yes and no right and wrong but he doesn't understand the the significance the eternal consequences of right and wrong and so it's not just knowing do this, don't do that. I'm going to spank you if you do that. I'll give you a piece of candy if you do this. It's more than that. It's it's a, it's a full comprehension of not only right and wrong, but the consequences of right and wrong, or at least be of an age and a, and an intellectual capacity to be able to comprehend that. To be amenable to a law. Yeah. Uh, and Paul talked about that in Romans chapter seven. Uh, verse a verse nine for i was alive with all without the law once but when the commandment came sin revived and i died paul never lived at a time where the law of moses wasn't in the world but he wasn't uh, responsible for that law until a certain point of his life and he was alive at that point he wasn't born dead in sin as the inherited sin people would have us to believe i think it's good but once he became amenable to that law uh, then uh, he died because he did not uh, keep that law. Yeah, I uh, can't. Thoughts on uh, age of accountability? Age of accountability can be tough to ascertain a lot of times because children mature at different stages. You know, it depends on their background. But I think you fellows are right. I think a child is accountable when they understand the consequences of sin. In fact, if you take into consideration what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, I think that's the whole key to properly understanding Romans chapter 7, that Paul came to a point in life where he was guilty of sin. It certainly wasn't at birth, because Paul makes that very clear, at least by implication. But uh, the law revived, you know, he died when he became amenable. He died when he became accountable to it, and he had to be old enough to understand the consequences of sin before he could be accountable. I think that's the, I think that's exactly right. Guess 809 follows up then and says, so they do wrong before they know what is wrong. Or, uh, and so, I, in other words, um, is it is it sin when a child does something that God has forbidden in his law when they're not accountable for the, to that law? Well, is, uh, let's, let's throw down a parallel. So we've got a mentally handicapped person who's not intellectually capable of understanding consequences. Uh, so is it a sin when a, a, a mentally handicapped person um, does something that they shouldn't do? It's not. In other words, they're doing wrong, but it's, but they're not accountable for they're, – they're not accountable – in regards to sin, because they're not capable of understanding uh, all that they're... And we're saying that's the same thing with children until they become an age of accountability. They may... may in other words, children are supposed to obey their parents. Uh, so when, when, a, when a toddler, when a three-year-old, when a five-year-old disobeys his parent, that's wrong. 
But it's not an accountable sin because they're not of an age of accountability. They're not capable of being accountable for you. And so sin is only accrued to us when we are accountable. Uh, unaccountable people are not held accountable for sins. Can't your thoughts on that? I agree with what you just said. Uh, how, how could a person be considered doing wrong? And technically that would be wrong, perhaps, what they're doing, but they don't even realize it's wrong. They don't even realize the consequence of wrong. They don't even realize what's right, much less what's wrong. Yeah. And the consequences are such. So I think that's the key to understanding that. So I, as an example, I, I've, I've been in times, there have been certain times when I've been around some young people who are not mentally sound. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know, they have, they have a handicap, mental handicap of one form. And so they, they spout off a cuss word. Basically, they're doing it because they heard somebody else do it. They don't. They don't even understand it. They don't know the consequence of it. They know it's wrong for them to say cuss words. But I don't think God holds them accountable for sin. They're not accountable people. Some uh, folks who are in situations like that may be violent. You know, maybe they they don't they don't something some part of their brain that would regulate that it's just not there. They don't understand uh, that, and they're not. And so we would say they're they're not accountable. In those circumstances, we need to get a break. When we get back, and we'll take some more thoughts on that, 809, if you have any more you'd like to send. Uh, we need to continue this discussion with uh, questions about disciplining up next. We want to talk about spanking when we oh come boy. back. That's the hot-button topic. Boy, you're going to get it started up there. We yeah. want to hear about that, and you'll want to stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after that. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. When you take away the ice cream socials, the family center, the gym, the fellowship hall, and the plays from your church, what do you have left? Is there anything of real spiritual substance? Is there anything that says this is all about God and not all about me? At the College View Church of Christ, we want to stay focused on the goal of serving God. We don't offer what most churches offer, but we do offer Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If that's what you're looking for, come worship with us this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Few there are who have courage enough to admit their faults or resolution enough to mend them. A man can't go anywhere while he's straddling a fence. Satan is a fisherman too. Deceit is his bait. Suckers get caught. Measure wealth not by the things you have, but by the things you have for which you would not take any amount of money. Man, wish I'd said that. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, Hello. guys. And we're back on the program tonight uh, as we talk about discipline. We've got Kent Bailey joining us on the phone from Calhoun, Georgia. Having a little trouble with our phone connection. Hopefully we've got a better one now. All right. Um, and so now on to the, uh, well, maybe somewhat <coughs> controversial, unfortunately, uh, subject of, 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 stan- of spanking or corporal punishment. Yeah, real quickly before we do that, in the, in the YouTube chat room, Anthony says, from Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous, therefore, and repent. And he says, if we love our children like Jesus loves us, we will do what he does to us. Amen. If we don't, we hate our children and, and, and we hate God. Wow. Good comment. Good comment, Anthony. I think you're right. All right. Now, now we got the question I asked on our update. Uh, uh, what should we believe and practice in regards to spanking? I think uh, we, we've got a guest on the phone. We ought to put him in the hot seat. Well, before I do that, I got, I've got, uh, 
an article that came, and this is via NBC News, but I saw it also on another news site. Uh, Anthony, uh, a different Anthony, sent, not the one in the chat room, a different Anthony sent this to me, but I had also seen the link. The Academy of, P- the American Academy of Pediatrics strengthens its stance against spanking. Whoa. Uh, their spokesman, Dr. Robert Sege, uh, said there's no benefit to spanking. Uh, we know children grow and develop better with positive role modeling. Uh, we can do better. Parents, other caregivers, adults interacting with children and adolescents should not use corporal punishment, including hitting and spanking, either in anger or as in punishment for a consequence of misbehavior. Nor should they use any disciplinary strategy, including verbal abuse, that causes shame or humiliation, the group says in its updated guidelines. Uh, Within a few minutes, children are often back to the original behavior. It certainly doesn't teach children to self-regulate. but he says, but the article goes on to say Americans still strongly believe in spanking, both at home and school. According to a 2004 survey, approximately two thirds of parents of young children reported using some sort of physical punishment. A 2013 Harris Interactive poll found that 70% of parents agreed with the statement that quote, good hard spanking is sometimes necessary to discipline children, but that is down from. 84% in a survey that was taken 30 years earlier. Uh, so, uh, again, the, the American Ac- uh, Academy of Pediatrics is saying no spanking. No spanking, Kent. What do you think? I don't agree with that. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, he that spareth his rod, he that spareth his rod, and, and he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasing at them the times it, it boils down are we going to take uninspired men or are we going to take the word of god yeah, yeah a little and chill went down my spine when he, he, that writer said we can do better yeah uh, boy, we can do better than what well, god you know, says. yeah that's amazing yeah you know and we, we define what we mean by spanking too we're not advocating child abuse we're not advocating beating we're not advocating doing physical harm to a child uh, but uh, sometimes you have to inflict just at least a little bit of pain to get their attention and let them know something unpleasant is going to happen to them if they disobey what you told them, especially yeah. in light of the Scriptures. I thought it was interesting in that statement, Kent, that they, they sort of lumped this all together. Any disciplinary strategy that causes shame and humiliation, including verbal abuse. In other words, they so they they've, they've categorized all spanking as... Uh, abusive, like like in, in the same category as verbal abuse, and they've said it's, it's it causes shame and humiliation. In other words, they they've assumed that there's no proper method of corporal punishment. Uh, they've assumed it's all bad and it's all abusive, which is just absolutely not true. And you know, scolding doesn't hurt a child either. But I certainly wouldn't agree with verbal abuse. That, That's right. Certainly, that would be wrong. So there's a difference between spanking and physical abuse, and there's a difference between scolding and verbal abuse. And and these people That's don't right. seem to make that distinction at all. Um, but as you said, the proverbs are very clear on it. Uh, proverbs twenty three fourteen: Punish him with the rod, save his soul from death. Uh, if you punish him with the rod, he will not die. In other words, uh, and so even that even that statement itself would indicate we're talking about something not intended to inflict physical harm. 
but to be corrective and to, to produce discipline. Uh, and so the Bible is very plain. I, I'm, I'm disturbed when I hear Christians of the modern day say, I don't believe in spanking. And my reaction to that is just, well, then you don't believe the word of God. If you say you don't, That's right. believe, you don't believe in spanking, you're just not believing what God has said. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that even that a little bit of humiliation is even bad. That's yeah, right. It, it may do the child good. Exactly right. Uh, sometimes if they're, if, 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 depending upon the age and, and circumstance, but sometimes you gotta, uh, we used to use the expression, can't you gotta take them down a notch or two? That's right. Well, I guess the opposite of it, if you're not gonna humiliate them for doing bad, are you going to praise them? Are you gonna let, let them think that the way that you're behave, behaving is, is good and honorable? I mean, it seems to be counterintuitive to say that you wouldn't want to humiliate someone for being yeah. misbehaving. Uh, let, let me suggest, let's get you guys to respond. Uh, uh, you too, Kyle. Here's, here's the typical arguments against spanking. Spanking leads to or actually constitutes child abuse. It leads to child abuse. Do you agree? Kyle, thoughts? No, watch. I uh, spanking. It's a reminder. I know if I do wrong, something will happen. So I mean, I know if uh, most of the time it just takes a look. When I was little, if he just uh, said my name loud enough and looked at me, I better straighten up. Or I'm going to get a spanking. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just something. It is something that's to correct some behavior. That's all it is. It's, I think that's exactly right. It's it it's it's to this this article says spanking does not teach. What does it say? It does not teach children self regulation. I disagree with that. It does teach them to self-regulate because they know if they do that, if they do again what they were just told not to do again, that they're going to – so they regulate themselves. They don't do that because they do not want the negative feedback that comes when they do what they're not supposed to. So it does teach self-regulation. So, uh, But again, we are all against child abuse. There's no argument there. Nobody, nobody is defending the child abuser. But it is wrong to suggest that properly administered corporal punishment is child abuse or leads to child abuse. Agreed. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. You like to share your comments? Uh, yeah, and and those who want to speak against it, as you said, they do want to associate it with that uh, that idea of an abusive person who's, you know. Drawing blood and and uh, doing physical harm—that certainly is not what we're what we're advocating here. Okay, another argument they make is that spanking destroys self-esteem. Destroys self-esteem. What do you think, Kent? No, in fact, that might build self-esteem a little bit. You'll see that if you stay out of trouble, if you won't get spanked, uh, you'll learn that you're following what your parents taught you to do. You're following the scriptures if your parents faithfully teach you the scriptures. And the scriptures build self-esteem. Well, and and, and Kent, uh, I think we have seen the fact that uh, those who whose parents do not discipline them, uh, they don't they, they 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 sometimes question their parents' love, and 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 they act out in ways to try and and uh, be extreme and trying to trying to say you know try, they're wanting their parents to to rein them in to show that they care enough uh, to discipline them, and so you see these kids acting and just. So in other words, they're suffering. They're suffering. They don't believe that they're loved. They don't believe that anyone cares. Sometimes I can do whatever I want. Mom, Dad don't care. Yeah. 
So you, if you don't discipline, you're showing that you don't care. Correct. You don't love. You don't love your child, yeah. as the proverb says. Yeah. Uh, I think it. I, it. It. It establishes pro- a proper degree or a proper kind of self-esteem. I think the self-esteem of the world is way out of line. You know, we've talked about that before in the virtual Bible study. The kind of self-esteem that has been sort of promoted popularly in the culture is completely off base. But I think, as Kent said, uh, a proper view of self is developed when we receive corrective discipline. Uh, another argument. It teaches the child then to become violent. So you, so basically say, you hit your kid, he's going to turn around and hit somebody else. You're teaching him that you hit people. What do you think about that, Jacob? You know, you know, Greg and Jacob. If 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 that were true, that would outlaw every single law enforcement agency in the world. Exactly right. Yeah, so that's, would, that's just that's that's just unsound reasoning all the way around. Yeah, I, I agree. And and how many of us have been spanked? And we are, we didn't turn out to be, you know, is that why you get in not, fights every Friday night? <laughs> we didn't turn out to be axe murderers, even yeah. though we were we were yeah. we were spanked as children. Uh, and then, of course, the old argument is there's no use spanking kids because it doesn't work. I I hardly disagree that it doesn't work. First of all, God's word says that it works. Secondly, we have the the our own personal experience to bear out that it works it does work if it's administered properly right and it's not it's not just a it's not a magic bullet and it's not gonna it has to be administered properly consistently and as a as a component of a of a overall yeah it's not the plan. whole of i think that's a really good point jacob it's not the whole of child discipline it's not all we're going to do and in, in other words we're not spanking them and that's the only thing we do in 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 the whole category of child discipline i've got this child and the only thing i ever do in discipline toward him is i spank him i just spank him all the once time once a week or, or several times a day even. Yeah. I, I, I never talk to him. I never teach him. I never. I never express love to him. I never. I never try to uh, teach him uh, positive biblical principles. That's stupid to, to argue that that's the only thing that we're doing. It is one aspect of child discipline. And along what you said earlier, Kyle, about knowing what was going to happen, it has to be administered consistently. Yeah. Uh, if if Junior. Uh, you know, runs through the house with his baseball cleats today, and he doesn't get a spanking. He does tomorrow, and, he, and the next day he does it, and he doesn't get a spanking. That that's not consistent. He ha- it has to be. So it a, has to be. We're saying properly administered yeah, right. corporal punishment. Um, how about how would you answer this, Kent? In the chat room, we've got someone who says, who asked the question. Uh, this is eighty three seventy three. Says, what if you spank a child and they still don't obey? What do you do then? She, this person says, I've heard this several times. What, what do you do if, if you spank a child and they still don't obey? I would reevaluate the situation and see what I was doing other than spanking. Am I teaching them along with uh, my spanking? I think a child needs to be explained when they're being punished. They need to understand why they're being punished. I think they need you- to have the scriptures presented to them, and we need to point out to them that, in essence, you know, God does not want this type of lifestyle. And we have to teach. When I was first started preaching, I had been preaching very long, this country congregation, and we had this one lady to bring a great big switch with her. I mean, that thing would curl up on the end. <laughs> and she would just wail the ever-living daylights out of her children, but she never would teach them anything. <laughs> and she never did talk to them. And it, those spankings didn't do a bit of good. So I think and so they, very good. the parents need to reevaluate how they're spanking 
And they need to reevaluate. Am I teaching them the scriptures along with this? Or do they understand what's happening? The, the child may not even know what's going on. Very good. So it needs to be instructional. It's not just the, the act of physically. Well, and it, but but it does. It, it needs to be instructional. It also needs to be painful. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times that uh, parents uh, are not. Uh, they're not. They're not getting the message across by the way that they're administering the punishment. You you you, you tap a a child through a, a thick pair of jeans probably doesn't do much other than just uh, vibrate them a little bit. Uh, you need to get it where there's a okay. little bit of a of pain there. In answer to this question in the chat room, Mo says spank them again. Sometimes they continue to disobey to test the parents' resolve. So, in other words, true. Just, uh, maybe, they're, maybe they need it again because they're just seeing they, it. See if they can get away with it next yeah, time. Yeah, see if you will be consistent. Yeah. Uh, and then consistency and, is the answer, as 8373 says. 8373 says consistency. That's the answer. Uh, Mo says also additional punishments may be, let me scroll down, may be necessary. Uh, 8373, my mother would, ju- would say you hit them just hard enough to make them mad. And that's not enough. Uh, that's not enough, right. Uh, Dwight says maybe the punisher was being hypocritical, and this is why the child won't listen. Uh, that's a good point. If, if uh, Kyle, you, you chimed in on that. You know, it's, uh, I think if, if you're telling a child do this or don't do this, then you go and do something that's, like you tell child, this, if you go out and sin, if you go out and tell them to do this and you just go out and do something, that's horrible in their eyes. They say, well, he doesn't follow the rules, so why should I? I think, you know, it's just the old uh, foolish statement, do as I say, not as I do, and that never works, and the parents can't, cannot uh, hope to be effective in, in that kind of hypocrisy. In, in the YouTube chat room, Anthony says, so much parallel between home discipline and church discipline. We have to do both to save souls. We need to get away from people-pleasing uh, oh, we need to get away from people-pleasing and get to God-pleasing. Very good. All right. Uh, there's probably a lot more that can be said about this spanking thing. But, again, I just want to reaffirm, uh, no Christian should ever say, I don't believe in spanking, because to say so just means that you are completely rejecting the plain statements of the Word of God. So I just beseech all Christians who are listening, don't ever say that. Don't ever say, I don't believe in spanking. Now, you may have a difference of opinion about the application of spanking than I do. In other words, I might do it more than you do. You might do it more than I do. Uh, you you might use a switch. I might use a paddle. Uh, Jacob might use a bare hand. But don't ever say you don't believe in spanking. Okay. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We're taking a break. Get this week's bullet point. And then when we get back, are there other things that we can do besides the rod of correction? Uh, that would be effective. Uh, Kent's got some good comments on that, and uh, we'll look forward to yours as well. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. A survey by the University of Michigan reported on in USA Today studied traits that mothers think are important to instill in their children. These values were contrasted from the year 1924 to the present times, and so it covered a span of about 90 years. Interesting contrast. Notice this. In 1924, mothers thought teaching their children independence was 24% an important trait. Today, 75%. 
1924, tolerance was only considered to be 6% on the importance scale, today 47%. Loyalty to the church back in 24 was considered 50%, an important trait for mothers to instill in their children, today only 22%. Strict obedience was 45% considered an important trait in 1924, today only 17%. The results of this survey, while not terribly surprising, are still quite disturbing. In 1924, children were taught to respect authority. That's what loyalty to church and strict obedience were all about. Today, parents have decided that independence, in other words, do your own thing, and tolerance, said another way is simply never criticize anyone else, are by far the most important things. Any wonder then that crime rates are soaring, drug and alcohol abuse are at all-time highs, moral values are nearly non-existent? God's Word commands us to train our children in, quote, the nurture and admonition of the Lord, Ephesians 6, verse 4, and to show our love for them by supplying appropriate discipline, Proverbs 13, verse 24. Common sense, our own experiences, and even the statistics show us that God's way is the right way. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, my name is Preston Jackson. I'm from Valdosta, Georgia, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday night. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we are back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, which has information about our meeting time and location. We would encourage you to come and be a part of our worship services at any time. If you have questions or comments, questions at collegeu.com is the email address to use. We're talking with Kent Bailey tonight on the phone about disciplining children. And uh, before the break, we're talking about spanking, lots of comments about that. And it is a somewhat controversial subject. The scriptures are very clear on the need for that yeah. in the... Well, maybe in the uh, toolbox of uh, disciplining tools, because you asked the question follow-up to that, is uh, are there other methods that we can use that would be effective in discipline? Yeah, exactly right. And, and uh, not so, to the exclusion of corporal punishment by any means. Like you said, we have Kent Bailey from Calhoun, Georgia, preaches down there in Calhoun, Georgia. He's on the phone with us tonight. Uh, he's usually with us through his email correspondence, but we've got him in person tonight. And we we brought you on, Kent, because we understand that you are a, a complete expert in the field of child rearing. Is that right? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> that's the, that's I the trouble. I wouldn't say when, that. When, when we talk about this sort of thing, we, we want everybody to know we're not claiming that we've got it all figured out or that we're perfect in application. But we believe that God's word has the perfect guidance in these matters. I just tried to follow the biblical pattern in discipline. What my yeah. wife and I both tried to do. Exactly right. Donna tonight uh, sends in her response to the question about other uh, methods of discipline. There are many uh, forms of punishment other than spanking. She says, "My ten-year-old son stole something from a store." When it was discovered, I talked with him about how this could lead to stealing bigger things. Then drove him to the store so he could return it to the manager and tell him what he had done. The manager looked at me and said, "He'll never do that again." Today he is a police officer. So thank you, you Donna, so, for that. So that worked, right? That worked. That wasn't spanking, but it was. It definitely worked. Uh, uh, Kent, what are your, some of your ideas about alternative forms of discipline? Well, grounding can be a pretty effective form. Uh, if if children take to uh, reasoning, if they take if they've been spanked, uh, maybe they they may commit a minor offense. They, it's not an act of rebellion. 
and they're very they're very sensitive, and they can be reasoned with. You might try grounding or taking some privileges away from them for a, a period of time. That can be very effective in enacting proper disciplinary procedure, not to the exclusion of spanking, as you've already pointed out. But we, I think we have to be just. We have to be fair. We want to be equitable. Uh, somebody does something of a minor offense, we don't just jerk them up and just spank the fire out of them over a minor thing, but we could still discipline them, not only by talking to them and scolding them, but maybe taking some privileges away from them until they learn better. All right, so I think that's a really good point, that whatever discipline we administer needs to be appropriate to the offense. I mean, we expect that out of civil government, for instance. If, 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 if a police officer stops me on the way home tonight and I'm doing 38 in a, in a 30, then I expect to get a ticket, and it's going to cost me, these days it's going to cost me $150, $200 probably if I get a ticket. But he's not going to throw me in the jail for 10 years for, for you know, a, a speeding violation. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be appropriate to the offense. So we expect that of civil government in their administering of justice, and so parents uh, obviously need to do the same. Uh, and there's a lot of judgment in that. There's, it's, it's a, and it's a tough judgment call, I think, to know. Uh, and I, I certainly acknowledge that I wasn't always appropriate in the discipline that I administered to Jacob and his siblings, but it's a tough thing to know what to do and how to do, but, but it does need to be appropriate to the situation. But I agree with you, Kent, that uh, withholding privileges or... Uh, 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 grounding or, or whatever, and and of course, as kids get older, then that there's more there's more opportunity to do that uh, sort of thing because they get involved with things that they like to do, and if and if they find out that because of what they've done, they don't get to do what they like to do, then that's that's sort of negative reinforcement to misbehavior. Do that, you don't get to do what you like to do. Sometimes it hurts worse. Yeah, exactly right, Jacob. All right. Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, we uh, we just uh, we my wife recently got fed up with the kids. Uh, Miss Baby, she's I'm what I'm doing. I'm going to put some some chores that nobody likes to do in a jar here. And if you uh, misbehave, you've got to you got to go pull something out of the jar and whatever it is you got to do. Yeah. You go clean the bathroom or whatever. Our son. Uh, wrote a sticker and put it on the jar. He called it the jar of death. <laughs> I said, we don't want to get in the jar of death. We've got to start behaving. So what we're talking about is negative reinforcement for misbehavior, but another form of discipline is positive oh, reinforcement yeah. for good behavior. Yeah. And so, I mean, and all of that is done, you know, in, in it, are options available other than just spanking our children? Nobody, nobody that I know thinks that spanking is the only way to discipline children nobody believes that and nobody does that but uh you know to hear these people who speak against spanking they would think so um uh, given rewards as i said for good behavior god, god certainly does that as he disciplines us uh hebrews 11 verse 6 says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The so, goodness uh, and severity of God. Uh, so God is a yeah. rewarder of those who serve. So God's, God disciplines us negatively if we do wrong. Positively, he That's rewards us if we do good. And yeah. he's the perfect father. Yeah. All right. Um, I like I like the one that you have here uh, listed as uh, letting them suffer the consequences of their misdeeds. Yeah. One, one of the ways that 
children learn discipline is you, you just you don't bail them out every time they do something wrong. You make them, and, and I think that's sort of what Donna was saying when she said she made her son go back go. and and own up to the store manager who who uh, where he had taken something that he didn't pay for. In other words, okay, you did this. Now you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pay the price. You're gonna suffer the consequence of that. And and we need to let them do that too. We, I think I don't know about you, Kent, but my opinion is that parents today are way too much in the vein of bailing their kids out all the time. Oh, I think so. I think you're exactly right. I, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Greg, but uh, I think it was probably about the time you moved away from uh, East Tennessee, I did some part-time work in law enforcement as a police officer. And uh, I learned that firsthand, that we had parents who told me when their children got in trouble, Hey, I'm not bailing them out. You let them suffer the consequences, and you just embarrass them. Yeah. I pulled a few teenagers over for speeding, and some of the worst punishment those kids ever got was not getting the ticket, but all their friends and their peers going by, seeing them with the blue lights rotating behind them, and on a couple times their parents drove by, and that was oh, that was just so embarrassing. Yeah. And one 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 boy told me, he said, "I'll never do this again." <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Things Kyle, like that will work. Kyle, you got a thought? Yeah, which uh, I think it. I know a lot of times, you know, where there's where Paul tells about when you uh, when someone talks bad about you and you know you essentially if you're behaving right and you know, you heat burning coals up on their head. They get something. It's almost like a parallel to that with the parent. Like if you are if you love your mom and dad and if you want their respect and you want them to know that you're doing right and you do something bad. And you disappoint them. That's just that's just torture when you know that you've disappointed your parents. I think that, that is a motivation for a child. And, and so, what really that is based upon the fact that you have a strong positive relationship yeah. with them. You don't want to hurt someone that you have a strong positive relationship. And and so, if parents have nurtured their children and show them love, and there's a strong bond of affection at, that there ought to be between parents and children, then. As you said, Kyle, you, that that can be a motivator not to misbehave. Right, right, absolutely. All yeah, right. And, and the, you know, you think about the prodigal. Uh, back to the letting him suffer the consequences. Think about the prodigal son. And, uh, you know, he wouldn't have come back to the father had his father bailed him out. In, in the story, it doesn't appear. You know, he's, yeah. he's to the point where he wants to eat pig slop. If the father had jumped in, oh no, you don't. You're too good for that. Or come here. Yeah, let me give you some, some. That would have preempted him returning, likely. I think that's right. Uh, and so sometimes the kids just need to have to to pay the price. Yeah. Let's grab a, our last break real quick, and then we got to fly through some do's and don'ts and and measures of effectiveness. And then uh, we want to get to the one about older children. Can we or how should we discipline those older children? We we'll go quick to the top of the hour right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. What does your church have for my children? At the College View Church of Christ, we don't have pizza parties or putt-putt nights. We don't have softball or basketball. We do have the Bible. We do have the powerful sayings of the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We do have the love for your children's souls to never substitute the solid spiritual teaching they need with superficial secular activities. If this is what you want for your children, bring them to Bible class this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Over 90% of adults know their zodiac signs. 
Surveys also indicate that well over half agree that the sign's character descriptions are a good fit. Gallup polls taken in Britain, Canada, and the U.S. show that around 25% of adults polled answered yes to the question, do you believe in horoscopes? That information is via theconversation.com. The Word of God says in Deuteronomy 4, verse 19, Take heed lest you lift your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you feel driven to worship them. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. Back on the program, going to the top of the hour, talking with Kent Bailey about disciplining children and some do's and don'ts in those regards. uh, Real quickly, uh, read from Donna in Florida. I think she's got a good list. Don't. Don't slap. Don't scream. Don't kick. Don't call names. Don't use foul language. Don't discipline in anger. Don't leave bruises or other marks. Don't try to intimidate. Uh, and then she says, do stay calm, do talk and try to reason, do use spanking as a last resort, do explain why you had to discipline, and always hug the child, let them know that they are loved no matter what they've done. I think that's a pretty good list, Donna. I appreciate that. Uh, I had a, a number of the same sort of things on my list. Uh, don't inflict lasting harm. Be uh, Do be prompt. Uh, uh, in other words, don't delay the response. Uh, you, you know, if you very often with a kid, if you if you don't punish them in the moment of the disobedience, then they don't that they don't connect the punishment with the disobedience. So, be prompt. Uh, again, as she said, don't do it when you're angry. Control yourself. Uh, I would say typically we want to discipline our children in private. Uh, sometimes it has to be done in public, but often, most often, I think in private. Uh, Never give a child a reward to stop misbehaving. I, I, I Kent, you've probably seen lots of parents, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna. If you don't stop doing that right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a spanking. And they threaten them about twenty times and never give them a spanking. And then, and then they say, if you stop that, I'll give you a piece of candy. Uh, so that I mean, undoes everything. everything. That undoes it all. It, it surely does. What are some of the things on your list? Do's and don'ts, Kent. Well, a lot of what you said and what, uh, was that Donna? Was that yeah, her name? Donna, yeah. Uh, be just, that is, be fair in punishments. Ascertain guilt before punishment is administered. Do explain to the child why such an infraction is wrong and make sure that they understand why they're being punished. Be consistent. Apply the same standard equally to everyone involved, including yourself. In other words, you catch your child smoking, don't spank them and then they go light up a cigarette <laughs> yeah, yourself. Then. Exactly right. And yeah. then, I like so, your I like your comment there about uh, uh, explaining why the infraction is uh, why why it's wrong and why they're getting punished. Make it not not just not just spanking and then leaving it at that, but do some instructing around that uh, that whole process. Use that as a means to teach the Bible to them. By all means, I think. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. All right. And you got some don'ts as well, Kent. Yes. Do not lose control of your temper. Do not assume anything. Make sure you have all the truth on your side before. Uh, administering punishment. Do not back down unless you're proven to be wrong. I've seen parents do that. The yes. child just talk them out of uh, administering discipline. And do not permit the child or children to use the divide and conquer strategy where mom gets in an argument with dad. You know, Ooh, if they divide you, that divide strategy, that, that will really, that will really just kill biblical discipline. Oh, excellent. Excellent observation. Yeah, good. Excellent. All right. All right. Real quickly, uh, how do we tell if we're being effective or not? Well, 
the, the outcome that we're looking for is obedience. Uh, respect, submission, and obedience. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians 6, verse 1. So that's what we're trying to get them to be compliant, submissive, obedient uh, children. Uh, and to the ext- and and so that's that, that's really the objective. And so we measure our effectiveness uh, in regards to how well they are reaching that level. Uh, and you got to determine different kids are different. I think every one of us as parents knows that every kid is different. And you can do one thing for one kid, and he may have his next immediate sibling, and you got to treat him in a totally different way. So you got to figure out. Uh, just from experience, what works with each individual child. But I would say you stay at it uh, until you get the response that you are expecting, submission and obedience. Kent, uh, you're talking, we certainly want to know that this is effective, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges in disciplining is, uh, or one of the biggest questions we might have is, is it working? You know, Am I doing the right thing? So, Kent, how do you uh, measure effectiveness? I think we we measure it, number one, by looking at the effects it's had on the child or on the children. Looking at our own personal lives, what kind of effect has it had on us? Are we growing right along with them? Are we becoming a better parent as a result of consistently applying discipline? And, again, use the Word of God as a measuring stick. Use the Scriptures. And based on what the Bible teaches, determine in light of what's occurring, what's going on, and look at reality. Use reality and determine based on reality what you're seeing and what the Bible teaches and how I'm growing as a parent. And by that, try to make a determination on whether or not I'm properly uh, using the right amount of discipline. Yeah, I think that's right. And and we're going to grow in the process, as you just suggested. And also, I would add, you know, probably in the heat of the moment, it's not a really good time to decide whether I've been effective or not. I need to do a little a step back and 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 some quiet reflection figure out if it's working or not in the in the in the heat of the moment so to speak it's probably not a time to decide whether i've been effective in discipline but well, i do need to give it some long-term so you're saying it's going to be it's not going to just be a, a sort of a light switch thing it's going yeah. to be a, a gradual progression yeah yeah, yeah. we yeah. can't expect that one one practice of discipline is going to turn this kid uh completely around yeah okay um um Okay, so uh, there's probably a lot more can be said about all that, but let's we we need a, just a few minutes here to talk about this last one. How can we discipline older children? For instance, maybe those in their late teens, those in their twenties, maybe even older. So, uh, you know, here I am, an older man. My parents are older. I mean, my parents, my parents are definitely older. Here I am, an older man. My children are are older now. You know, so so. You know, you got so you've got kids and they're and they're nineteen, twenty. You got kids there, twenty eight. You got kids there, forty. What do you do with older children? You're still a parent. They're still your child. Uh, so once they're out of the house, is it is it? Uh, I I have no more control. I, I you know maybe when they become teenagers. Uh, when they become teenagers, can I not discipline them? What do I do with older kids? Ken, what do you think? Okay, go ahead, Ken. That presents a challenge, but uh, a lot of that time that's at home previous to their time they're in older years, uh, if, if proper discipline has been properly administered by the time they get 18, 19, 20 years old, it's not going. perhaps it won't take quite as much 
is what it would in other situations. I know in my personal case, I went off to college when I was 18, and I came home the following summer when I was 19, and I knew that because of my parents' stand, they weren't members of the Lord's Church, but they were very religious people, and they were very good moral people, and they enacted the had a biblical understanding of discipline better than what even some members of the church have today. And I just knew that the rules that had been laid down at my home, even though I was 19 years old and had one year of college, I knew they were going to apply, and I had enough love and respect for my mom and dad, I just didn't challenge them. I just did what they told me to do. And so a lot gets back to uh, discipline at an earlier age and, and teaching children really what biblical discipline is all about. So you were, they were, you were working upon a foundation that had been laid when you were three, four, five years old still at, at that age. That, 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 that still was bearing fruit in, in your late and, teenagers. And, you know, when I, was ni- when I was 19, if I would have done something that my parents really would have been heartbroken over, it would have really hurt me because knowing that I hurt my mom and dad, I didn't want to hurt them. I loved them and I respected them, and, and so uh, so important to get that and, get that foundation laid of love and, and respect. And I had a summer job, and I was working so hard, I, I was too tired to do bad things. You didn't have, other any, time, you didn't have any strength home. to misbehave. Well, that's that's a that is a good method. Of that's discipline. A good, but you know that I think is a big problem with kids today is that they have too much idle time. Yeah. They're not being kept occupied with important, necessary things. And so I think that's a problem in itself. Uh, we got a, I love Donna's response tonight. And Donna is tough. I'll tell you here, uh, you may be glad that Donna wasn't your mother. Listen to this. My 17-year-old, back-talking, rebellious daughter, kept slamming her bedroom door despite being repeatedly asked not to. So I removed the door for one month. When she got it back, she no longer slammed any doors. I told her, I told her, I have to provide a roof. A door is optional. <laughs> anyway, it works, she says. So that, you Donnie, go, you're Don. tough. Tough, it tough, tough love. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in regards to these older kids, uh, I think obviously we're still going to use, you know, if it's an older kid, they, they are fully capable of conversing back and forth about the things that are taught in the Word of God. And so with an older kid, I'm going to set them down and say, now, look, let's, let's get the Bible out. And let me, let, let's talk about why what you are doing is not right, not because just because I say so, but because God says so. And, and so we can reason with them. We use God's word to instruct them, to rebuke them, because they are, they are fully capable of comprehending that. So use the, now more than ever before even. Use the word of God. Uh, Kent's been saying that several times tonight, and I think when the kids are older is a special time when we need to emphasize the Word of God. Certainly cooperate with the church and with other Christians when they rebuke us. I've I've got a grown child, and they're not living right. And so other faithful Christians have gone to them and tried to to instruct them and rebuke them. Uh, And maybe even the church has had to step in and do congregational discipline. How many times, though, have we seen parents that push back against that? I, I personally have had too many instances where here's a kid who's misbehaving, and I've gone to him and tried to, you know, maybe it's a 20-something-year-old person, and I've gone to him and tried to reach out to them with the scriptures, and the parents come back and are mad because their child got approached. Uh, someone uh, said something to them. No, no, no. 
cooperate with that. If there are other Christians who care about, enough about my kids that they would go out of their way and make the extra effort to go and try to restore them, I should love those Christians for their effort in behalf of my child. And if the, if it ever gets to the point where the church has to get involved in disciplining my child, I should fully cooperate with that. How many times do we know parents who will not comply with church discipline when it applies to their own children? Yeah. Can't. That's sad. Yeah. That is sad. And, you know, if parents, especially when children are older, they're still your children, they're still young, but they may be away from home. And if the church has to withdraw from them, they can, the parents can put more teeth in that withdrawal by respecting what the New Testament teaches on that aspect of discipline and actually withdraw from them themselves. That really may teach them an important lesson. There's nobody that would have a stronger pull on them than their own parents. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and and we've known some good parents who've had to do that. We've known other parents who just refused to do that. Uh, but the Bible is very plain on that. We need to cooperate when when uh, faithful Christians are making effort to help restore an older child of mine. I need to cooperate with them. And then I would just add one more thing: never stop praying for your kids. Uh, Amen. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot to do, even with older kids. We can still be active in trying to keep them in the straight and narrow way. Kent, final thoughts from you tonight as we wrap up uh, a, a good hour of discussion. It's been an excellent broadcast. The virtual Bible study is one of the highlights of my life every week, tuning in and listening to it. It's a great way to study the Scriptures, and it's good to know that other folks are standing for truth. Thanks, Kent. We appreciate you. Appreciate you uh, faithfully joining us through email. We'll try to get you back in person again here before too long. Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank All you, right, Kent. And uh, Kyle, I haven't talked much with you tonight, but uh, any thoughts on your end tonight? No, it's just, uh, it's an extremely important topic. I think uh, parents, if anybody who's listening, to really dwell on this and pray about uh just pray about this subject. So it's a good subject. Yeah, it's been an encouraging night for me as well, uh, and some a, a job really that uh, one of the more difficult jobs we'll ever have. I think have. it's tough, super tough, really tough. All right, Dad. Thanks for a good discussion. Thanks, today. Jacob. Thank you for being a part of it, and uh, we hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.